Fellas, good morning. I hope everybody's doing well, man. It is a Thursday. It is a beautiful, beautiful Thursday. My name is Austin Abbott. This is Fade Consensus Podcast. Fellas, we dropped rankings yesterday. I dropped my rankings top 200 players. Go to my Twitter account at Austin Abbott FF. Go check it out. Go let me know what you think of my rankings. Go tell me why I'm stupid. Fellas, we're doing big things over here at Fade Consensus Podcast. We got some big purchases coming up, man. I'm going to be looking to, to buy a brand new desk like like as early as this week. Buying a new bed, buying a camera, lighting. Fellas, we're kicking off the YouTube page in just a few weeks. I really want to be good to go like like by that Thursday night, that first opening day game. You know, shooting for August 7th. That's my goal, August 7th. I want to have my YouTube account up and running. I want to drop episodes every single day. That's what I want to do, man. It's going to be a lot of work, and I'm going to do my best to get there. Fellas, we drop episodes right now, podcast episodes, every single day, 5 a.m. I want to come out with YouTube videos as well every single day, 5 a.m. That's what I want to do here at Fade Consensus Podcast. Fellas, yesterday we talked about the top six running backs, my top six running backs for redraft purposes. Today, we're hitting on running back 7 through 12, the next six running backs. But dude, I, I just can't stop thinking about YouTube, man. Like at work, I, I think about starting the account all the time. And I just think about like everything I do, man, I'm going to do it big for this, right? I'm going to be buying, I'm going to be investing a lot. I'm going to be spending a lot of my own money. It's because I want to do this. This is the type of content I want to come out with every single day. And I think I'm going to be good behind the camera, man. I think I'm going to be able to provide some very, very good content. Dude, on Twitter, I want to drop like 30 second clips of me just talking, me ranting, me, me acting like an idiot, just telling you why you should go, go get certain players. All right, that's enough ranting. I'm done ranting, man. First running back off the board today, seventh overall, Najee Harris. Najee Harris. Najee mother... Yeah, that dude. My seventh ranked running back, Najee Harris. Pittsburgh Steelers' new shiny toy. This kid's incredible. This kid is can't miss. This is a can't miss type of player. Pay attention. Wait, dude, how smooth is that new intro song? I don't care, man. You're, you're lying to yourself if you don't like that new intro song, man. That That's a fresh beat. That's a fresh-ass beat. Fellas... Najee Harris, we're talking Najee Harris. Najee Harris touched the ball 719 times at Alabama. He lost one fumble. Dude, I see people out here on Twitter talking like, oh, I just moved Najee Harris in my top 12 running backs this year, trying to, trying to look all fancy and flex on everybody. Dude, <laughs> what do you mean top 12? Najee Harris is like top 7 already, man. Najee Harris is going to easily be a top 10 running back in 2021. Najee is legitimately going to have 300-plus rushing attempts, right? 300-plus rushing attempts. His total touches should be around 325 to 350. He's going to probably have damn close to 50 receptions, man. He'll probably have close to 375 total opportunities. Opportunity. It got called out on Twitter the other day because I didn't know what an opportunity was. Najee Harris will be top 10 in rushing yards, receptions, and total touches. Fade Pittsburgh's bad O-line. Najee is special. Najee Harris will touch the ball early and often. And I think he's really going to challenge for... for Top five in terms of most total touches. Like something I just cannot wrap my mind around is his ADP right now is running back 12. And I just, I don't understand it because every single category imaginable, he will be top 10. Whether it's yards, attempts, touchdowns, targets, receptions, everything you can think of, he's going to be top 10 in very, very easily. I 100%, you know, bearing an injury, firmly believe that. And like, why are people lower on him? I, I don't get it. Why are people lower on him? Zeke finishes RB2. In his rookie year. Saquon finished at RB1 overall his rookie year. I have Najee as RB7, dude. That's not too far-fetched, man. Consensus is whack, man. Consensus having Najee at ADP running back 12. Dude, they need to wake up. 
And, and you can say, oh, but Austin, Najee wasn't the prospect coming out that, that Saquon and Zeke were. Well, look, man, you're right. You're right. That is correct. But Najee's still six foot one, two thirty two, uh 40-yard dash. It was 71st percentile. He ran a 4.53. His speed scored 91st percentile. Dude, he should not move like this for, for his size. Dude, he's also bigger than Zeke. He's also bigger than Saquon. He's 6'1", 232, 23 years old. Great at Alabama. Great at Alabama. First round pick for a reason, man. First running back first running back off the board for a reason. Unreal college target share. 90th percentile. But look, man, all of that is in the past, right? Everything I just hit on, that's all college. That's in the past, man. We're in the NFL right now. And and what has he done in the NFL so far? Well, well, I'll tell you what he's done. Pittsburgh starters have played 35 snaps so far this preseason. Running back snaps, that is 35. Najee Harris had 30. Anthony McFarland had five. Everyone else on their roster had zero. Dude, this is going to be the epitome. I'm using that word again, epitome. Najee Harris is going to be the epitome of a workhorse this season. And listen, man, I don't want to sound crazy, but you got to look at guys that are like 26, 27 years old, like Zeke, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara. They're all great players. They're all top running backs. But look, man, if we're doing a dynasty startup, I'll tell you what, dude, a year from today, you're going to wish you took Najee over these guys because these guys are going to be 27, 28. And historically, man, that's when running backs just, they, they really hit a wall, man. That's when they really drop off. And look, Najee Harris is going to be 24 by then. Najee Harris is also going to be going into year two. He'll probably be... Pfft, balling out just do me a favor draft Najee Harris and thank me later this kid is special man this kid is special he can overcome Pittsburgh's bad o-line that's how special this kid is and and straight up man he, he was drafted to be in every single down back next running back off the board my RB8 overall this season Nick Chubb Nicholas Chubb I've said it before and I'm gonna say it again this is gonna be the first season that Nick Chubb finally blows away Kareem Hunt and I mean leaves him in the dust does not look back and he's gonna be a top eight running back this season the Cleveland Browns and running back Nick Chubb have agreed upon a contract extension three years 36.6 million dollars and this extension comes with $20 million fully guaranteed. So Nick Chubb is big chilling, right? Big chilling in Cleveland through the 2024 season. Chubb was the number 35 overall pick back in 2018 draft, right? I think that is exactly the same pick that Javante Williams just got taken, uh, 35th by Denver this season. Anyway, Nick Chubb can be trusted to be a rock-solid RB1 in fantasy drafts all season long, man. Um, This is a kid that's just truly one of the best pure runners in the entire NFL, right? He's right up there with like Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, just... Jonathan Taylor, he's just one of the best pure runners in the NFL. Last year, Cleveland ranked fourth in rushing attempts and third in rushing yards. That is their bread and butter. Cleveland knows that is their bread and butter. A lot of you guys don't want to hear this, but like low-key, the Browns know Baker ain't it, dude. Baker and the Browns, 28th in passing attempts and 27th in passing yards last year. People want to rant like Baker Mayfield was awesome last year. Dude, take dude, take a step back. He had 3,500 passing yards and played every game. That is atrocious, man. Atrocious. Cleveland knows their bread and butter. That is their run game. Kareem Hunt's great. Don't get me wrong. Kareem Hunt is arguably the number one best backup running back. Keyword backup. Backup running back in the entire league. But Nick Chubb is a god, man. Nick Chubb is phenomenal. 25 years old, 5'11", 225. I always talk about how I love my big backs. That is exactly what Nick Chubb is. He's a big dog, man. As a rookie, as a rookie. In the 10 games that Nick Chubb truly played in, he had 996 rushing yards. He basically had 100 yards a game, right? So so his 16-game pace would have been 1,600 yards as a rookie, man. Just crazy. And, and listen to me. The next season, he had 1,500 rushing yards, under 300 rushing attempts. He, dude, he, he averaged over 5 yards a carry. He was, he was crazy good. He was so good, so efficient. 
And this season, what does he do? In 12 games. So this is the first time Nick Chubb, in all three years of his career, this is the first time where Nick Chubb has missed some time. He missed four games, right? In the 12 games Nick Chubb played, he was still RB11 off of only 16 catches. Nick Chubb is elite. He had 12 rushing touchdowns. Almost 1,100 rushing yards in 12 games. Again, this man is always on pace for right around 1,500, 1,600 total rushing yards. This is the only negative thing I'm going to say about Nick Chubb, and everybody already knows this. The only reason Nick Chubb cannot be the RB1 overall, right? He could be higher than RB8. He could be like RB4, RB5. Nick Chubb can't be the RB1 overall because he doesn't catch passes, man. He caught 16 passes last year, 36 the previous year, and then 20 as a rookie. Those numbers are going to have to go up astronomically if he's going to be a top, like the RB1 overall. I love Nick Chubb. I love Nick Chubb so much. I love Nick Chubb more than you, more than consensus, more than almost anyone out there. But this this, this is it, man. This is the one thing that has to change about Nick Chubb. If he's going to be like a top two, top three running back in the entire league, he's going to need to simply catch more passes. But that's what Kareem Hunt is there for, man. Like they have that one-two punch in Cleveland. Again, Cleveland had the third most rushing attempts, or sorry, third most rushing yards, fourth most in rushing attempts for a reason, right? It's because the one-two punch, man. These two don't come off the field. When one of them does come off the field, the other one goes in, man. They just keep the ball out of Baker Mayfield's hands and like... Cleveland's just so dominant on the ground, man. But I, I, tr- I want to give you guys more statistics, man. Like, I want you to truly understand how good of a pure runner and just a fantasy player that Nick Chubb is. A real NFL player, too, of course. But in 8 of 12 of the, of the games that Nick Chubb played last season, he had over 17.5 fantasy points. Again, this guy missed four games. He missed a quarter of the season and was still an RB1. He was still RB11. He is the best backup in the NFL and he was still an RB1. Listen to the amount of targets Nick Chubb had. Ready? Nick Chubb had one target week one, one target week two, a target week three. He didn't have another target until week four. These are targets. I'm not talking receptions. These are targets. Week 12, he had three targets. That was that was the second most he had all year. Then he had one, two, two, five, zero. He had a total of 16 receptions off of 18 targets. Derrick Henry had 19 receptions. Nick Chubb had 16. You think, dude, you think Derrick Henry doesn't catch balls. Nick Chubb's right there too, man. I mean, Nick Chubb's going to catch more passes than Henry next year. I'll, I'll put all the money in the world on it. He'll probably have like 25 to 35 receptions. But before we move on from Nick Chubb, there's one thing you need to remember. He was RB11 off of 12 games with the best handcuff in the NFL, right? The best backup running back. And Nick Chubb only had 16 catches. And he was still RB11, missed a quarter of the season. Put all of that together. Just think about that for a hot sec. I mean, what if Nick Chubb was just healthy all year, man? What if Nick Chubb caught passes? I mean, dude, you, you, you can say what if you want all day. But one of those things is going to tr- come true. Maybe they'll both come true. If, if Nick Chubb does catch passes, if Nick Chubb is healthy all season, which, which, which seems very, very reasonable, right? Because he's been very healthy his entire career. I mean, dude, Nick Chubb could be a top five running back super easy. I have him as RB8. I love Nick Chubb. Fellas, great, great player. All right, this is where the episode gets really good. My RB9, DeAndre Swift. Fellas, buckle up. This is one of the best values you can get in the entire draft. Swift is going off the board as the RB17 right now per underdog ADP. I have Swift as my RB8. He's going as RB17. Fellas, he's going at the 310 overall, almost the fourth round. It was almost a first round pick. Third pick in the second round, dude. 35th overall. Again, that's so weird. Just like Javante and just like Nick Chubb. 35th overall, man. Something about that number. They just produce great running backs. He was so good at Georgia. He's 22. 22 years old. He's three years younger than me. 
This kid's a young spring chicken. I don't even know. This kid probably can't get into a bar, man. He ran a 4-4-8-83rd percentile 40-yard dash. That's money, man. Speed score, 81st percentile. Listen, listen, listen. It gets better. Everybody that's listening right now, do you guys know who Penny Sewell is? Penny Sewell, yeah. The uh, offensive lineman, pretty good player. The dude that should have never fallen to Detroit. Detroit 7th overall, but he did. Yeah, he's going to be paving the way for DeAndre Swift for the next five-plus seasons. Listen, man. DeAndre Swift has league-breaking upside. Don't be afraid of Anthony Lynn, Jamal Williams, or, or whatever stupid horror story that like your favorite analyst might be telling you about. And and if for, for those that listen to the pod every single day, man, I, first off, I love y'all. Second off, like you guys are probably getting sick of me ranting about DeAndre Swift. I don't care. I'm going to keep ranting about DeAndre Swift. I'm going to drill this into your head, man. This is a can't-miss player in Dynasty and in Redraft. Dude, Redraft, I love him. All right, let's talk a little prospect profile. DeAndre Swift is 5'10", 215 pounds. He has a body mass index of 88th percentile. He runs a 4'48", great size, great speed. Listen, can he catch? That's the next question you should you should ask yourself. Can he catch? Yes, the short answer is yes. He's actually extremely good at catching the ball. As a freshman, he had more receptions and receiving yards than Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle combined when they were juniors. And quick shout out to at Ron Stewart on Twitter, dude. Good content, good page. You guys should check him out. Anyway, DeAndre he put up a thread on he put up a thread on Swift, and I'm reading some information off of it because, it, dude, it's some really good information. Swift has legitimate 80 plus reception upside in an Alvin Kamara type build, right? I think he's gonna have 70 receptions on the dot. 80 is just a little steep, man. I'm trying to be conservative. I'm trying to be realistic. Listen, there's a lot of analysts out there, man. A lot of analysts. A lot of them have a lot of garbage to say. One guy I love is Lance Zerloin. Lance Zerloin, dude. He listen to me. He grades running backs. And he's one of the best predictors of RB set of RB success, right? Swift is one of the seven running backs to earn a grade greater than 6.7, his personal grades. The other six running backs, Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon, Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, Ezekiel Elliott, and Saquon Barkley. Unreal competition. I'm um, sorry, unreal company. Every single running back on this list has multiple top 12 seasons and five of the six have top five seasons. Swift is a legendary prospect. He, again, he ends up getting drafted to the Lions with a third pick of the second round. To recap, Swift has size, check, speed, check, pedigree, check, receiving upside, check, and draft cap, check. Oh, and now he has Penny Sewell, check. And listen to me, listen, year one, Swift lived up to the hype. I don't care what anyone says. He lived up to the hype. He put up 800-plus yards from scrimmage and 10 touchdowns in only 13 games. And in the 13 games he played, man, only four of them, he played 60-plus snap percentage. That's it. Four games. So he basically had a vital role in four games last year, and he was the RB18. I was ranting about Jonathan Taylor yesterday being 26th in total snap percentage. DeAndre Swift was 33. 33rd. DeAndre Swift was also the RB16 in points per game as a rookie, splitting carries on a terrible Lions team. And I don't want to hear the narrative of bad team can't succeed. You look at James Robinson, undrafted free agent. Again, dude, I use James Robinson a lot, man. I, I use him as a great example on the pod because he has proven that that is a bullshit narrative, that, that you can still succeed for fantasy purposes on a very bad team. The Jaguars were the worst team in the league last year. Listen, the Lions are probably very, very likely not going to be good this year. 
DeAndre Swift will be phenomenal for fantasy purposes. DeAndre Swift was literally a high-end RB2 as a rookie in a terrible situation. And DeAndre Swift also lived up to his all-purpose skill set. As a rookie, Swift was on pace for 70-plus targets, lined up as a wide receiver on 15% of pass snaps, which ranked 8th amongst running back. He was 7th in yards per route run. This is a guy with like a CMC, Kamara, Eckler type profile, and I mean that, dude. Just think about it. So, so everyone wants to talk about how bad Detroit is, man. Think about how frequent they're going to be down. Probably like 75% of most of their games are going to be trailing. And listen, what does that mean? They're going to be throwing a lot. And what does that mean? DeAndre Swift is going to be catching a million dump-off passes. Garbage time. DeAndre Swift is going to feast. In Dynasty, especially with these young players, I chase talent. We know DeAndre Swift is uber-talented. This is a fact. And I will not be scared off Swift by a career backup in Jamal Williams, who's never been better than RB32. Again, let me put all the Jamal Williams uh, truthers. Let, let me put them to bed real quick. Listen. Jamal Williams is on a two-year deal earning $1.65 million. And they have Detroit has an out after this season ends. Like this is not a this is not lead back money. This is not long-term running back money. What like what the f- dude, what are we doing here? Like low-key, I think Jamal Williams is talented, but honest to God, he's never been very good, right? He's never been very good. RB 32 at best. I mean, it doesn't matter any way you want to slice it, man. You, you even look at Jamal Williams' uh, efficiency metrics. Dude, nothing stands out. Let me hit you guys with some realistic numbers for DeAndre Swift. He should really get 200-plus carries. Swift should also get 60%-plus of the goal line carries. Williams should hover around 100 total carries on the year. 30% of goal line carries. The other 10% split amongst the rest of the Detroit Lions offense. The, uh, you know, that's nothing to be fair, fearful about in the NFL where where true bell cows are rare. No, I'm not done yet, man. I'm going to keep ranting about DeAndre Swift. Swift should see an increased rush efficiency with the addition of Penny Sewell, obviously, you know, behind what was already the 13th best run blocking unit last season swift saw a 70 target pace in 2020 right and i mentioned that already marvin jones and kenny galladay leave teeing swift up to finish top two in targets for the lions in 2021 the only person that's gonna have more targets than him this season is obvious it's very obvious but it's gonna be tj hawkinson right their receiving room is empty amon ross st brown kind of low-key sucks and don't be surprised when jamal williams is is in on some passing downs and you see swift split wide or or in the slot i should say but anthony lynn oh dude, wait the guy who made austin eckler top back in fantasy the last few seasons despite his low rushing volume dude stop literally there's not a single narrative there's nothing you can say negative about deandre swift that's actually going to be true or, or should we be scared of Dan Campbell, who, who's the guy who was a part of a staff, who has gotten Kamara 80-plus receptions 40 years in a row? Are you, is that what you're afraid of? Oddly enough, the more, I, the more I dive into it, the coaching staff almost seems like a match made in heaven for, for DeAndre Swift to be utilized properly for fantasy purposes. All right, dude, that's enough yelling. That's enough ranting. I'm moving on. Sheesh, dude, I feel like I just ranted for so long there. Uh, fellas, sorry. Didn't mean to drag on. Just really hitting on DeAndre Swift. Big fan. Uh, before before we talk about the final three running backs, I made a trade today. Small trade. I gave up a late 2022 second round pick. I got Jalen Hurts. I played a one quarterback keeper uh, dynasty league. One quarterback. One quarterback. I wanted Jalen Hurts as my backup. I have Lamar, but dude, 
Jalen Hurts has some unreal upside. I broke him down in a pod a few days ago, or about about a week ago, rather. About a week ago. Love Jalen Hurts. And to get him for, you know, a very late second, a dart throw, you know, seconds or dart throws, whether you like it or not, that's how I feel, right? I'm not, I don't value seconds much at all. To get someone with crazy high upside like Jalen Hurts, I was I was very thrilled. I, I didn't expect the other GM to pull the trigger. It happened, fellas. I, I just locked I just secured a great backup quarterback. Alright, I'm I'm done tooting my horn victory lap and fellas RB ten Saquon Barkley. I love Saquon Barkley so much. Giant back, unreal resume, uh great college production, great size, great measurables, yada yada yada. Saquon's done it all, man. Saquon's already done it all. Everybody knows how great Saquon is. Saquon is my RB ten for a few reasons. You could finish as RB1 overall, RB2, RB3. No, it would not surprise me. None of it would surprise me. Saquon's already done that. He did it as a rookie, 2,000 yards as a rookie, 100-plus targets as a rookie. What worries me about Saquon is the lack of volume initially, the lingering injury, and and just the usage. I'm not even going to like elaborate on the poor situation, right? The Giants flat out just not being a very good football team. That, that doesn't bother me. That does not bother me for fantasy purposes. And there's like, high key, dude, there's a lot of other narratives that, that you can run with and knock Saquon for, right? You could say their line stinks, which is true. Their line stinks. He, Saquon may not be healthy. The offensive coordinator is bad. The quarterback has no pocket awareness. I mean, dude, you can say so much about the Giants. Like, why would you want to invest in this team, you know, in the first round, no less? Today I saw a post, it was Dave Gettleman, you know, he, he's the uh, GM for the New York Giants. He said, I wouldn't make a different decision today th- than I made back in 2018, plain and simple. That was his, his exact quote, right? And it was talking about Saquon Barkley and his injuries and the overall investment in a running back with the second, the second overall pick. Listen to four of the five next picks. Denzel Ward, Bradley Chubb, Quentin Nelson, Josh Allen. This is not me knocking Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley is incredible. I'm just saying those next few picks were also all incredible, right? Great, great overall draft. That's all I'm saying, fellas. Don't don't get butthurt. I love Saquon. But again, man, I, I'm going to reiterate myself. It, it is just it is going to be the initial lack of volume early on in the season, him being limited, and, and and just just the situation not being ideal. All of those things, right? Everything I just mentioned. That is why I have Saquon down at RB10, right? And RB10 is still good, man. He's still going to be a league winner. I mentioned on the pod the other day, the other day, man, Saquon Barkley from weeks eight on, I'm telling you, once it's mid-season, man, and his volume is, is top tier, like it's always been, right? Once his usage is just top tier like it's always been Saquon Barkley is going to be a top tier league winning running back and he he has that type of upside man he he's not only is he capable but he's done it man like he's had 121 targets in a single season he's had 91 catches in a single season he's had 2,000 yards in a single season he's had over 700 receiving yards as a rookie crazy thing is like he had 30 he had over 1,300 yards as, as a rookie too and his second season, he broke 1,000 yards in 13 games. He was on pace for even more rushing yards his second season. And then his third season, yeah, he just got hurt. I know, I know. Look, let me put things into perspective real quick. Saquon Barkley, his second season, he was RB10. His second season. I have him pegged for RB10 this year. His second season, he played 13 games. This year, I expect him to play at right around 12 to 13 very good, healthy games. Honest to God, if it was less than that, I wouldn't be surprised. But, but again... My my uh, my predictions, my my uh, personal predictions, I think align very well with what Saquon has already done in the past. Again, this kid was literally, literally built 
out of a lab, dude. 97th percentile burst score, 99th percentile speed score, 96th percentile bench press, 97th percentile 40-yard dash. He ran a 4-4. He had 29 bench press reps of 225, 29. I can I could barely do eight. I, I do I can't even do nine reps. Granted, like the dude's six foot two thirty, and I'm fucking five five ten, 170 max. Saquon Loki might be richer than me, but like I'm still better looking. High, high key, still better looking than Saquon Barkley. Hundo P. Fellas, let's get serious. I'm torn between two things with Saquon Barkley this year. I'm either at the point where do I just draft him and succeed with him, right? And I suffer with him for the first few weeks, or do I do I buy him? Do I buy him after a few weeks? When another GM is kind of stressing out, kind of uh, panicking, and it's like, do I go try and get Saquon kind of cheap, man? Like, like, do I go trade like a Joe Mixon or like an Antonio Gibson to go get Saquon Barkley? Do I do it? You know what I mean? It's that type of risk, that type of gamble that I take. But but I know Saquon's upside, and Saquon's upside is unmatched. Fellas, I love Saquon Barkley. I'm a little worried first few weeks. He's a league winner. I love Saquon Barkley midway. Midway, like weeks 8 to 17, love Saquon Barkley, league winner, fellas. After a few slow weeks to start the season, man, great, great time to buy, to, to go out and buy Saquon Barkley in Dynasty. Just remember that final two running backs. Let's make this quick, and then we're going to get out of here. Aaron Jones, my RB11, Aaron Jones. In the wise words of Matthew Barry, man, free Aaron Jones. Look, Jamal Williams is gone. We just talked about Jamal Williams. He's gone. That's DeAndre Swift's problem, quote-unquote problem now. Aaron Jones has nobody. Well, he's got he's got AJ Dillon. Shout out AJ Dillon. I actually like AJ Dillon. Aaron Jones has been a top five running back back to back seasons, and it's like nobody cares. I don't know why, man. Aaron Jones has been awesome back to back years. He's been he's been neck and neck with Dalvin the past two seasons, but he's he's thought of very differently. And and to be quite frankly, like like I get it, but I'm just saying, man, you got to put some respect on Aaron Jones' names. He's he's my RB eleven for a lot of reasons. Aaron Jones is under contract for a very long time. Signed a fat contract with Green Bay. 26 years old, 5'9", 208. His measurables are fine for running back, man. They're good. He's been RB5 and RB2 the past two seasons, coming off back-to-back basically 1,100-plus yard seasons. 16 touchdowns on the ground two years ago. Nine last year. This man always finds the end zone. I mean, always finds the end zone. He has 19, uh, 11, 30 total touchdowns the past two seasons. 30 touchdowns the past two years, man. Another thing low-key about Aaron Jones, not a lot of people want to talk about, man. He catches balls. He catches a lot of balls. 49 and 47 receptions the past two years. He catches passes. He's a crazy efficient runner, right? 4.6 4.6 and 5.5 yards per carry the past two years. He catches a lot of balls, great runner, very, very good runner, and always finds the end zone, tied to, tied with Aaron Rodgers. Dude, what's not to like about Aaron Jones, man? Fat contract. I mean, dude, Jamal Williams gone. So much makes sense. So much makes sense for this kid. A few years ago, I didn't make this trade. A few years ago, listen to this trade for, for Aaron Jones. It was Aaron Jones for... Marquise Brown and a third. That that was a trade, man. Talk about a steal. It's just cool looking back on Sleeper. Shout out Sleeper, man. Great platform. Um, I love that they show old tra- like transaction history, and you can see these trades. This this happened back September eighth, twenty nineteen. Aaron Jones for Marquise Brown and a twenty twenty third. Twenty twenty third probably turned into like fucking Van Jefferson or some garbage. And, like, Aaron Jones literally got two giant boosts this offseason. One, it was Jamal Williams' departure, right? Jamal Williams' departure is so big. And two, the, the other biggie, man, and this, this is even bigger, is Aaron Rodgers coming back. Aaron Rodgers coming back just saved this offense. 
just saved Aaron Jones, man. Just, just Aaron Rodgers makes this offense. I mean, dude, you guys know this. The Packers' offense is night and day. Their their roster, their team is night and day without Aaron Aaron Rodgers. I like Aaron Jones at RB eleven overall. Like, like I feel good with him there. But, but if he hit like RB six to RB eight range, no, no, it would not surprise me. And I know I say that a lot about a lot of these running backs. But like, man, it's a God's honest truth. All these running backs are only like hairs apart. They are so close. All these guys are elite, man. These these are some top tier. These are the best fantasy players in the league. I'm going to move on from Aaron Jones already. I, I, ju- I just wanted to say a few quick things about him. But but again, final notes I want to end on is Aaron Jones is underrated. Aaron Jones is consistent. He is plugged into an incredible top-tier offense. Long contract. Great, great health track. Aaron Jones has it all, man. He does. He does. A lot of people don't want to admit it. He does. He's good. He's underrated. Yada, yada. Fellas, moving on. And hey, I admit I was wrong, man. I used to be a hater of Aaron Jones about two years ago. But I flipped on him, man. He proved me wrong. Aaron Jones proved me wrong. Aaron Jones won Austin Abbott zero. Fellas, Aaron Jones, great player. Final running back, Antonio Gibson. My 12th running back off the board. Last RB1, Antonio Gibson. Dude, like, I don't, I don't know where to start with Antonio Gibson. I could talk about this kid for an hour. I mean, he's literally a, the epitome of a Swiss Army knife. He can do it all, dude. He can do anything. Dude, when I'm at work and I check my phone and I see notifications from Sleeper, and it says Ron Rivera, the head coach of the Washington football team, wants to utilize Antonio Gibson like he did with Christian McCaffrey. I dude, I just I literally want to go, you know, unlock my phone and hit up the GM, the owner of the uh, Antonio Gibson, and and just go offer like my entire bank account because this kid, this kid is going to be so good for years to come, man. I don't know. I just want to like a weird rant right there, man. But Antonio Gibson, high key. Antonio Gibson's so good, dude. RB13 as a rookie, RB13 over 200 fantasy points off of only 170 rushing attempts and 36 receptions. Are you kidding me? I have one word, efficient. So Gibson played 14 games as a rookie, but did he really? Only two of those 14 games, he had a 60% snap percentage. DeAndre Swift, very similar. DeAndre Swift had four games of 60 plus snap percentage. Antonio Gibson only had two, man. So did he really play 14 games? No, absolutely not. Not even close. And as a rookie, still managed to be RB13, man. With JD McKissick getting 109 targets, more than Mike Evans. Dude, I I can't stress it enough. Antonio Gibson upside is unreal. Last year, I'm not saying last year was his floor. Last year was just, sheesh, man. Antonio Gibson can crush what he did last year. The only thing, listen, the only thing about Antonio Gibson that could possibly regress, it's his rushing touchdowns, man. He had 11 last year in in quote-unquote 14 games. Not really 14 games. He's bigger than Zeke. He's bigger than Saquon. He's bigger than Dalvin. He's 6'2", 221 pounds, man. Dude, he's only one inch shorter than Derrick Henry. To give you an idea of how big Antonio Gibson actually is. The only thing Antonio Gibson needs to change about his game is just simply having his his running ability to be polished, right? He barely had any experience in college. Listen to the games where Antonio Gibson, his first year in the NFL, listen to these games where he had at least 15 rushing attempts. Listen to how he did. Week 7 against Dallas, 20 rushing attempts. He had 128 rushing yards. Week 11, he had 16 rushing attempts, 94 yards. Week 12, again, he had 20 rushing attempts. 115 yards. Week 17, he had 19 rushing attempts, 75 yards. Every time this kid got fed, 
he he just produced every single time. Washington did not bring anyone in, man. Darius Geis is long gone, and you know what? The only other man that's gonna be that that's relevant at the moment is JD McKissick, and he's on a one-year deal. He's gonna be he's likely gonna be gone after this season. R.I.P. Darius Geis, man. Oh man, he was he was fun to watch, man. He's short, short, short life, but God, he was fun to watch. He was he was big, dude. I I really like Darius Geis. I wanted to buy low on him in Dynasty, never did. Thank God. Fellas, we're wrapping it up. We're going to get out of here, man. Longer episode, much, much longer than normal. But I really had to dive deep into these these top running backs, man. This was an episode on running backs 7 through 12 in my rankings. Again, I just dropped my rankings the other day. Top 200 redraft rankings. Fellas, my name's Austin Abbott. This is Fade Consensus Podcast. We're going to be doing some big things around here soon, man. I really, really want to kick off the YouTube page soon. Fellas, I got to get out of here, man. I got to get up for work in the morning. I love y'all. I hope everybody has a great Thursday. Fellas, almost the weekend. Do something stupid. I love y'all. I'll see y'all.